0: Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity, with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making, and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just it's been life-changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at oneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. Welcome to the Lead a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters where it matters. Let's get into it. So, in this conversation, I want to share with you how I'm teaching my son, who's almost 15 years old, about income producing assets. And I want to share about one particular thing that I'm doing with him at the moment. And it's just opening up his eyes to looking at money in a different way and really teaching him the lesson about how we can actually have our money make more money for us. And it's such a simple example. And I think this example can be scaled to any age. And you can even bring this example in this, you know, use this kind of concept in much younger children in, in different ways as well, um, which really has their their mind and their viewpoint of the world looking at money in ways to increase it. And really relating to money in really powerful and abundant and expensive ways. But also in like very solid strategic ways on actually how to have their money working for them. So um, I'm excited to share that with you. And this is what has been a really important thing for me as a mum. I have two kids. One, um, my oldest is Bailey, she's 20, and Zion, he's 15. And it's been big for me over the years to bring them up in really empowered ways around money. And as an example, my daughter who's 20, she's now at 20, has her own business, which is extremely financially successful. She's almost earned a quarter of a million dollars by the age of 20. And she does it by doing something she absolutely adores. And yes, she's a highly self-motivated person. and, And she gets all of the credit for that. And also, I do know that there was a unique way in which I did Um, I guess, relate with her around money over the years uh, from when she was very little. And one of the main things that I was really mindful with the conversations that I'd have with her around money as she was growing up is I'd be really mindful primarily to not be saying things to her around like, oh, we can't afford that. Even when genuinely at times we were really struggling financially, I'd be very mindful to not say to her, we can't afford that. I would put my thinking cap on and I would come up with creative ways to bring in money or I would put it to her and uh, I remember one particular time, for example, my sister was getting married in Perth and it was something that we generally didn't have like a crap ton of money for like to take the whole family over. So I was to fly over and I remember Bailey saying to me, oh, I want to come too. And I remember just thinking like, okay, what shall I do? So I took a pause and step back and just really thought a thoughtful way to respond to that. So it wasn't like, oh no, you can't come because we don't have the money. Like that just has not been a conversation that I've been available to bring to the kids whatsoever. And so it was a very different approach. And what I did with her instead was like, great, I would love for you to come. Let's play a game where you can come up with X amount of the money and I will meet you with what you come up with and so therefore I it became a game and I created with her and we brainstormed different ways in which she could create money and she was only I don't know, I'm going back maybe she was 13 and we brainstormed ways and she created like hundreds of dollars and then I then hold ass on my end and, and matched that and she got One, flights to Perth and back. But bigger than that, bigger than coming to Perth, is she got, again, the experience of being very powerful in her ability to create money and create resources. Does that make sense? So she's had that experience from very early on of, one, not being in an environment where people are saying to her, money's hard to come by, we don't have it, it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. And two, she's been given opportunities to look at life through the lens of, cool, well, how do you want to create that money? There's so many ways in which you can create money, like let's play some games. And also throughout her teenage years, I would have her buying her own things and just brainstorming different ways in which um, she could do that. And look, I... I also received a crap ton of flack for it. I remember one particular person, I won't name names, but said to me at one point, oh, it's so mean. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was along the lines of it's so mean, it's such bad parenting that you're making her buy these things for herself. But I had a way bigger context, a way bigger context. I wanted her to be resourced within herself to see life and money through the lens of possibility and Feel and I wanted her to experience herself as someone who could create resources, right? So it was so much bigger than just yeah that small kind of little lens that that person was looking at it through. So one little. Point I want to make about that is if you're like, if you're wanting to do life differently, if you're wanting to raise your kids in ways where they've got a really expensive lens on the world, you've got to be so willing to step back from other people's small minded thinking. I'm going to just sh- shoot from the hip and just say what I think with that. And be willing to be Teflon on the outside to when other people put their opinions onto you and say, oh, that's mean or that's, you know, so mean that you're making your kids pay for their own things. Like, no, it's a bloody empowering thing to have conversations with them where they can expand their thinking and create resources to pay for things. And the, the experience that they get from that at an early age is, is incredible. And it's just, it doesn't surprise me now looking at my daughter who's not, you know, not far turned 20. She turned 20 two months ago. And she's extremely financially successful. She's used to having a lot of money in her bank. She could not today walk in and buy a house um, and put a deposit, not, not full cash freehold, but she could walk in right now and buy a house and put a large deposit down um, because she's very financially independent. And her experience of this is like an of course experience. Of course I would have this amount of money. Of course I would be making money at this level. So I hope this has been. I hope this is an encouraging conversation to really be supportive, or to lead a new conversation, and that may need to be a new conversation that you lead within yourself first, financially, and then to raise that conversation around your kids. I think it's so important. Anyway, so let's get into the conversation here around what I'm doing with Zion in particular, around teaching him around income-producing assets. So Zion is about to turn 15 this week, and. So, what I want him to experience is a way of relating to money where he can use his money in ways, in very strategic ways, that then his money is working for him. Right. And so, one of the ways I came up with, and he's really loving this, is that we, so he's going to buy a motorbike, a scooter. We live here in Bali and there's a lot of people who will rent scooters here. So he buys a scooter and he then rents the scooter out for monthly rates. And this is what the numbers break down to. So the scooter that he's looking at getting is a really solid, uh, it's called an NMAX and they're a bit of a, quite a larger engine, bigger scooter. Um, they definitely get a higher return. And so the scooter will be about $2,000 is what we're looking at. Now, if he rents this out for $120 a month, here's how those figures break down. So he pays $2,000 for a scooter. He can rent it out for $120 a month. Within 16 months, the scooter is paid off. And then after that, he's got $120 of income every single month that he never has to work for. This is passive income. So, After that, so he's 15 now, we've planned on this being a five-year bit of a goal. So over five years, that 60 months in total, after it's the first 16 months of having that paid off, he's got 34 months of an income-producing asset. So 34 months, he will get $4,080. By the way, I'm talking in NZD here, so... You just have to convert that, <laughs> but you get the you get the comparison here. So in 34 months of pure cash flow, he'll profit after paying off the scooter $4,080. Plus, he'll also have the asset worth that he would have paid back to himself of $2,000 to replace that $2,000. So in five years' time, he'll have $6,080 sitting in his bank account. Now, how... How cool is that? He doesn't have to do freaking anything and that money's going to come through. Now, um, the other cool thing is is that like he actually doesn't have the full $2,000 sitting there right now. So he has a portion of that. And we've also looked at creative ways in which he can bring in more money. So we've looked at the surfboard board that he's grown out of that's currently sitting outside his bedroom getting belted by the sun and is purely just deteriorating over time. If he doesn't do anything and doesn't pull his finger out of his ass, then in two years time, that surfboard will have deteriorated and worth be worth bugger all. So we can turn that surfboard into cash. He can turn his old skateboards. He's got two of them that don't that he's not using. He can turn those into cash. He's got a pair of Jordans, which are these like really high-end Jordans, blah, 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 that he's kind of had as a trophy on his thing. He can turn those into cash. So we've been looking at the things he's got around on the house that he can turn into cash. He's got about two-thirds of the scooter covered. Then he's going to take a small business loan from his parents, a.k.a. me, and Hinati, And that business loan will have a contract written up that he'll be paying back. And then he will be able to buy the um, scooter and put this plan into play. Now, the cool thing is, is that all up, here's what we looked at. So, all up, I said to him, when we were chatting. So, how long, how much time do you think is going to take for you to sell, sell your items, arrange the scooter hire, sorry, arrange the scooter purchase, do all these things? How much time do we think? So, we kind of just went at the upper end. We thought it might take about 20 hours all up, like, you know, with including faffing around and all the things. So, we thought maybe 20 hours if we really kind of overestimate. So, here's what we thought. And here's sort of the kind of lens that I was helping him to look through. Do 20 hours of work now, darling, of selling the surfboard, selling the things, selling your Jordans, included like conversing with us to figure out like a contract for the business loan. Buying the scooter and, you know, traveling there to check out the scooter and maybe that scooter isn't the one you want and going to another one, like maybe 20 hours all up. So if you do 20 hours all up, then you're going to basically, roughly, guarantee yourself in five years time you'll have $6,000 sitting there for about 20 hours all up. Like we're just going total rough estimates, right? Let's let's simplify things in life. So about 20 hours worth all up for about $6,000. I'm just quickly grabbing my calculator because I didn't plan this part. Let's go $6,080 divided by 20 hours. We're looking at about $304 per hour for your time spent, right? And we did overestimate the amount of time that that would be spent. So, about $304 per hour is pretty extraordinary, but we could look at it through a different way. We could see that $6,080 If we work on a minimum wage of about $22 an hour, so I said to him, you know, if you were living in New Zealand and you were getting a a part-time job as a high school kid and you were perhaps earning $22 an hour, then I said, how many hours would it take to earn $6,080? Okay, $6,080 divided by 22. So what we have is 276 hours. So I said, the other option, honey, is you could go and work for 276 hours at $22 an hour and you could also make that. So it's like I could see the, the, the cog starting to click in his head. Then if 276 hours is what it would otherwise take him to earn, there's another pathway he could take to earn that. And we minus the 20 hours from that. So it's like I got him to see like he's actually saving himself 256 hours. So by putting this upfront um, time, By organizing himself now to get his ass into gear, to put this little plan in place, he's going to save himself hundreds of hours of work because he's created for himself an income producing asset. He's put something in play that's going to create passive income for him. And I got that he got the message that he's starting to kind of like have his thinking switch over when he then started saying, what if after the 16 months when it's paid off, what if I take that money and get a second scooter? <laughs> and then he wanted to work out the sums of where that would be then with two assets, the second asset bought in 16 months time and what would then be in the bank account in five years time. So really exciting. Um and it's just so it's so it's so cool to see our kids thinking in this way and to see and experience themselves as really empowered around money and to be looking at their lives and the world through the lens of um I guess, financial abundance and that there is so much money around. There's so much money out there and that there's so many opportunities in which they can tap into ways in which they can bring money to them. And we are swimming in a sea of opportunity. I think it's probably one of the things I've been saying for 10 years. We're swimming in a sea of opportunity. And we are, in any time or any climate, there is so much opportunity financially also. And I know that I want to, bring up my kids and have an environment around them and myself that's a very abundantly thinking environment so I hope this has been a useful conversation for you and it has your um your thinking your thinking um around how you could perhaps do this with your kids in certain ways perhaps opened up or maybe even just encouraging you to really make sure that the conversation in your home is a very expanded conversation around money. And if that means that you need to start that within yourself, then that's the step for sure. Now, just a little um, out of interest, this one concept can actually be scaled down for younger kids. So let's say, for example, you bought, um, you got one of your younger kids to buy a blender and you could rent that blender off them. Or you got one of your kids to uh, buy a a little speaker or a microwave and you could rent it off them so that they could learn about income producing assets. We actually, when the kids were very young, we actually, (laughs) um, I just remembered this just now, we rented their rooms off them. And this was in the first, I think, year after I quit my nursing job, um, when I left my nursing career to come in to do coaching and mentoring. Uh, we needed to think very creatively to bring in additional streams of income while we were building up this business. And one of the ways, and this is definitely how my brain has worked over the years is I've I've looked at ways in which we can bring in new money sources. And so one of those ways was I was like, wow, we're, we've got a three bedroom house here. It was three bedrooms with this kind of carport that had been sort of turned into a living area. And What I realized was, oh, fuck, I could rent out those two rooms that the kids are in. And like, as long as there is like a great house that's been provided and we've got a little love present and there's all of those things, like they don't have to have their own room. What's really important is that we're bringing actually money in and we're not feeling stressed at home. So what I did was, but I also wanted them to feel really empowered by it, right? I didn't want to just kick them out of their rooms. I wanted them to feel like they were in charge, like they were part of um, choosing something really powerful for themselves. And this is when they were very little. So I said to them, we would love to rent your rooms off you. And um, how much would it cost to rent your room from you? And uh, I can't remember. I think we paid Bailey. <laughs> she was a bit smarter in her negotiations because she was like, how old was she? Uh, maybe about 10 9 something like that. Anyway, so she negotiated like $10 a week or something. So we paid her rent every single week for her room and Zion was really little. So he like a dollar. And I remember Bailey sniggering like, my God, you could have got so much more for your room. (laughs) So, but the cool thing is, is that they got the experience of being so empowered around this whole thing of moving out of their rooms and they shared the second lounge as their room. And we just sort of converted it into this kind of big room with a divider in the middle. And we got an income-producing asset, which was their bedrooms, which we rented out to foreign students. And we made, I think it was about $440 per week off these both students. And that was a freaking awesome, much-needed source of income for us while we were building up the business. So I guess, you know, just even in that, I really hope that just kind of reminds you to think differently in the world around you. And these always ways to make money there's always ways to bring in extra sources of income but we have to train ourselves to look at the world through this way and we have to train ourselves to stop saying shit in our head like it's hard and you know things are hard at the moment blah 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 you know We just have to look at, we have to require ourselves to look at life and look at the world around us through new lenses of what's possible and start to see the opportunities that actually are there. All right, before I start just ranting too much, I'm going to leave this here. I hope you got a lot out of the conversation and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now, find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and taken head on. It's taken me to another place. I'm just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.